0: D20 Radio,
1: your gamer's role. Execute Order 66.
2: This episode of the Order 66 podcast brought to you in part by our sponsors GoDaddy.com and Audible. Dot com, along with the generous contributions of D20 radio contributors Corey Jones, a.k.a. Corey Solo, and Laird Hensler, a.k.a. Optimator on the forums. This show is for you guys. Well, it's Sunday, November the 22nd, 2009, only Four short days before Thanksgiving here in the United States of America. And uh, we have a great show in store for you tonight here on this episode number 87 of the Order 66 podcast. My name is GM Dave. I will be one of your hostesses for this fine presentation. Joining me, as always, the lovely Dulski Dulcids of Twilight Goodness.
3: Thank you, Dave. It's good to be here.
2: It is. I think
3: we've got one other person here, but he's not.
2: Hey, yeah, we don't. We, we try to keep him locked up in the closet as much as we possibly can. But he makes it out on occasion, and one of these occasions, the I love
3: being in the
4: closet.
3: Yeah, he's very much in the closet.
2: Yes, we know. Yeah. We're very well aware. That's GM
3: Chris. <laughs>
4: what is up, Gamer Nation? I am GM Chris, and I am fabulous. Not really. Um. <laughs> yeah. <So> <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Well, for those of you who may be tuning in for the very first time, I apologize. <laughs> This is, of course, the Order 66 podcast, the only podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing, where we break it down hardcore with the star and the war and the the saga stuff. Yeah. All that crazy. Yeah. We got a good cast today. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's what I'll be talking about. Where's Shoddy?
4: (laughs) Boo. Or Boo. Where's, where's, where's Shoddy?
2: Oh, Boo. Um, yeah, Boo.
4: Yes, Shoddy and Boo, the two most famous women in rap. I swear, you know, it's like, you know, every you rapper knows every rapper knows Shotty and Boo. I don't, you know, these women have to be very famous. They most likely live in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, but they've got to be. They've got to be bi-coastal. I mean, because you have, you know, the yeah, the whole East Coast West Coast gangster feud that's going on, and they both sing about these two women. Perhaps they're sisters.
2: <laughs> Perhaps they are. But sorry I had to fold her like a pornography poster she showed her. Oh. Thank you. Apple bottom jeans. Oh, never mind, never mind, never mind.
4: Thank you, <laughs> Nelly. Yeah, that's
2: appreciated. That's, that's
4: appreciated. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, today we're a little bit out of order. We start today with this and then we will go straight into our news. This is a Hollinet News Network weather advisory. Repeat, this is a Hollinet News Network weather advisory. Mustafar has received 18 inches of snow in under 12 hours. Mustafar has frozen over. Feel free to freak out. Repeat, feel free to freak out. Please stay tuned to the Hollinet News Network for more details as they unfold. Good night and good luck.
3: Accessing. Ah,
1: good. New acquisitions.
4: Greetings, neighbor Nation. My designation is KCKSIM, and this is your Hollow News Net update.
2: So, um, hold on for so, a second. You know, hold on. We, we gotta, got we got
4: some announcements that I are gotta, going on. There were some some new podcasts that hit the network this week, um, which we got to give some major major love to. Um, first and foremost, I wanna I wanna say yo yo to Minnie's Mayhem, who released episode twenty two. Map uh, Mapmaker, map make me a map with uh, a special guest, uh, cartographer extraordinary Chris West, who's actually in our chat room right now in EchoBase. Way to go, very okay. nice episode. And it uh radio goes... hmm? go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I roughly. said radio for Radio Free Hamlet also be released Adventure 35, thinking about thinking. Which is good to be thinking about thinking. It <laughs> is. <laughs> nice. <Yes>. Meanwhile. Meanwhile.
3: <laughs> the Super Gaming Podcast. Right? It's a really their yes. episode. Well, episode yeah. twenty five. Yeah, Greg. Very nice. Greg Stolze returns. Who's Greg Stolze? Remind me this.
4: <laughs> he's a game designer who's worked on several things. But uh, he's been on before to talk about several things he's worked on with them. And he returns to to Jaw the Line yet again. Cool. So, there you go. Very, very nice.
2: That's awesome. And, you know, while I'm here, I just want to say that the uh, Small But Vicious podcast um, lives. Episode number 12, Timelines and House Rules, up for your Edification.
4: Edification, very nice. Um, that's and uh, also what what else what else released this week? I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. We have, we had a lot of stuff come out. The yeah, Power Source. Power. You epi-
3: said it right. <laughs> the
5: Power Source
4: uh, released episode seven skill guidelines, where they take their look at skill challenges. Um, hot on the heels of RfH's look a little while back, and it's a very very good show. And um, what what Bruce City released episode forty one? Yeah. Wow. I mean that's that's fantastic. Episode forty one, Ridiculously lost, was released by the, the homeboys in Milwaukee. So make ush to Mucho. It was very good. And what what else hit the cast hit the hit the cast uh, waves this week, DJ?
3: Um the HP Lovecraft literary podcast released episode twenty.
4: Ooh, the yes. quest
3: of Ironon.
4: <laughs> Ironon, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You need yeah. to catch up on your Lovecraft reading, girl. They talked about yeah, they talked about two stories. It was good. Um, so
3: Yeah, along with the twenty other things I need to catch up on. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Including okay. not listening to this very own podcast, yes. right? Of
2: course not listening.
3: Yeah. yeah as well listening. as the feature cast of this week, which is Game On.
2: Oh dude, yeah. You know yeah. Barbie Monopoly, man. I listened to that show, <laughs> it was really fun.
4: What was it, episode thirty five? Uh, yeah, it was, actually. So they're caught up with RFH. Mm-hmm.
2: Here we go. There
4: it goes. Well, t- well, if that's our featured cast of the week, tell us about Barbie Monopoly.
2: Yeah, you were on it, TG.
3: <laughs> well, shortly I was on it. Cat is the um, true, uh, true attraction, I believe. Well, she usually is. Uh, for this episode, she was on it mostly um, with Mr. Fiddleback. And it was about girls and gaming. So they talk about um, different ways of, well, basically they give you some great advice from a gamer girl on how to actually pick up a gamer girl. What? Yeah, listen, learn, and you will enjoy. And I'm only on there for a short time for that, the, uh, that's what she said. Yeah. Very, nice. Very special, yeah. that's what she said.
2: Hey, it was pretty good, you know. I really, I really enjoyed it.
4: Yeah, the episode was very good. It was well worth a listen. Heck yeah.
3: That's why it's our featured cast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, uh, there's a new book out in there, Chris?
4: Damn right there is. Scavenger's gri- Scavenger's Guide to Droid is, is out. I was actually out of town last week, and so I couldn't yep. go to my FLGS and pick it up. So TG went and picked, up, picked it up for me. Um, yeah,
3: I, he kind of called me and threatened me that if I, like, I didn't go, go get it Go pick it, home, it up.
5: I want it to when I come home.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's an... Awesome book. And if you guys don't have it yet, you poor, poor, poor souls, you need to go get it. It's amazing. We're going to do our very best to try and get uh, some some of the fine writers of that book on the show in the very near future to discuss it. So uh, keep your eyes affixed to the forums and uh, announcements shall be
3: forthcoming.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. So.
3: Hey, uh, Chris, mm-hmm. can, you, can you do a favor for me? I didn't get a drink and I'm really thirsty. We're... We- <sighs>
2: <laughs> We're kind of in the middle of the show. That's well, all
3: right. we could pause it and then we could just oh, go back and Christ edit it. Oh, okay, okay,
4: okay. okay. All right, woman. Okay, okay, okay. All right. All um, right. Dave, Dave, I mean, we, we can edit this, yes?
2: Yeah, sure. We can edit it out. No okay, problem. can you pause the podcast?
4: Yeah, I'll pause it. Give okay, I'll a, be right give,
2: right. give us just a second there, Gamer Nation. I'll be right back. All right, let me wait for him to get off screen and I'll tell you hey, <laughs> I got a postcard from Commander Cody.
3: I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay.
2: What'd you get? Oh no, it was really not a big deal. It was uh it was like this um um world that was all covered in grass and all that. It looked it looked really just, you know, tranquil. But uh, it says uh welcome to Thakwa, traveler. I welcome I also welcome you, and I also welcome you. Huh. And I also welcome you. What? Yeah, it's kinda strange.
1: From across the galaxy, it's time for Postcards from Commander Cody.
5: Dear GM Dave and TG, hi guys. (laughs) Well, my decision to seek out the rebellion against the Empire has been an interesting one. But not one I (laughs) regret, not yet at least. I was able to discover a rebellion contact on board the wheel, and though when I confronted him, he tried to kill me, I managed to survive, well, leaving him unharmed. I think this went a long way towards helping me prove my sincerity. After a few days of waiting, he returned to me and gave me an offer to prove my loyalty. This was a simple task, for me at least, which involved a tad bit of espionage and a little bit of killing of some Imperial threats on board the station. It felt good to get back in the fight, and blast some arrogant officers as well. I barely got out alive, but Got the Rebellion what they needed, and they quickly spirited me off the wheel. I was quickly given a new mission. I'm not sure if the Rebellion trusts me yet, but I'm willing to do what I must to prove my loyalty. At first, I thought it was a blue milk run, until I learned where I'd be going. The Rebellion wants me to seek out rebel sympathizers and new recruits. Not an easy task, but I'll be doing it on the planet Thakwash. Thakwash is a fairly useful and resource-laden outer rim world the Empire has tried to control many times, but ultimately failed. Why? Because of the Thakwasher natives, that's why. Massive equine humanoids standing over three meters tall, notorious for their strange behavior and massive strength. They were too much of a handful for the Empire, and hopefully, just what the Rebellion needs. The Thakwasher are strange people, to be sure. Despite their physical ferocity, they're burdened with what would be seen as psychosis anywhere else in the galaxy. Each Thakwasher has multiple personalities, dozens of them. Each personality specializes in something different, and takes control when that task is being performed. The escort who met me in dark was jovial, sincere, and gentle, but our trek to his village saw us attacked by local wildlife, and when he reached for a weapon, he suddenly turned into a bloodthirsty killing machine so violent and filled with battle rage, he nearly turned on me once our beasts were dead. This is going to be interesting. I'm supposed to find Backwash suited to fighting the Empire, but I've no idea whether the warrior or meat will be an impossible person in battle or in peacetime. The planet itself is very beautiful, nearly covered completely in grasslands, similar to dantoy I've got to keep my wits about me here, that's for sure. I'm nearly to a local village where I hope to form what I seek. Wish me luck. If you guys are ever in the Outer Rim, interested in some good grazing lands, or a study in psychology, head to Thakwa. It's interesting. Long live the Rebellion. Your secret correspondent, Commander Cody. Oh uh, yes.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> wow, that
4: was All perfect. Right. Perfect, um, thing, dude. That was awesome. Thank you
2: for uh, the
3: drink. I appreciate of it. Of
4: course, my love. Of course. Um, okay, are, are, are we ready to start back up? Yeah, dude. We are ready to
2: start back up, and we are in the uh, docking bay.
4: Well, what about what did you did you not get a postcard from that scummy traitorous son of a gun, Cody?
2: I figured. I figured last time that you, you know, reacting as well as you did, you might have, you might have pissed him off, you know. Now I just said he. I wished he was dead a couple of times, you know. But now that he's with the rebellion, word.
4: Well, all I know is if we get another postcard, I'm, I'm, I am backdating the post remark. I'm tracing it. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to turn that sucker in. Uh, don't. So don't you hate, hear that, Cody? Don't. If you're listening, you're not welcome here.
2: Don't hate well, the player. Well,
3: it's probably why we didn't get a postcard yeah. from him. That's
4: right.
2: Don't hate the player. Hate the game.
4: Okay.
5: D20 docking bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it.
2: Well, ah yes. The twenty docking bay. We answer your questions sent in either by phone, by email, by post, or by carrier pigeon.
3: (laughs) My favorite, personally.
4: It's kind of messy though.
2: A little bit.
3: Can be. You're not uh, supposed to squeeze the pigeon to death, Chris.
4: Squeeze the pigeon. He wouldn't give me the damn message.
3: (laughs) You gotta give it a treat okay what did we get today
2: alright well the first one is uh, JG the buzz JG the buzz wants to know something uh, if a character has the educated talent is there any point in taking skill training and specific knowledge skills so what am I missing here
4: oh. Well, the the often overlooked educated talent uh, is part of the the nobles lineage talent tree. It's on page forty four of the core rulebook, and simply JG per page sixty eight, which talks about the knowledge skill. Um, you, you obviously you can't make expert knowledge checks unless you're trained in that knowledge skill all this talent does is negate that requirement so you may not be trained in a knowledge skill but if you've got a good intelligence and some levels under your belt and this talent you can still get a good shot at making a decent expert knowledge check so to answer your question what's the point of being trained in a knowledge skill then well for starters being trained gives you a plus five to your check <laughs> And that's a big deal. Also, um, that training is required for lots of different talents and feats, most notably skill focus. So, if I wanted to be a master of social sciences or galactic lore, this talent just ain't going to cut it. I'll have to get trained, and then I'll have to, if, if I want to, take that skill focus to be to be really knowledgeable at it. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that makes sense, guys. What do you what do you think? Because I know in in my games, I know, especially, TG, you've gotten frustrated a couple times because you'll be like, you know, well, you'll try and make that knowledge check. And it's like, well, are you trained? No. Well, then you don't know anything about it. But I rolled a 27. You know, well, <laughs> it's like, yes, you did, but you're not trained. And that's an expert knowledge, you know. And so, you know, that's kind of that's yeah. where this talent has its weight. Yeah. All right.
2: We're going to vary things here in just a second. And um, I want to pop into a question that came to us from the loser line. Great.
0: Star Wars Flycatcher. Um, I have a question about dark side points. Uh, I'm wondering if you could,
3: um, say you were, um, see a shadow, it's a refugee, and you throw your lightsaber at it and you kill him. Would you actually gain a dark side point
0: from that? Or something else? Uh, thank you. There you go. <laughs>
4: you are welcome, Star Wars Flycatcher. And, um... I don't know, man, if if you're, if you are you know, gonna just, just, I mean, lightsaber or no, if I'm gonna make an attack against somebody without provocation, just a, especially a helpless refugee, I mean, as a GM, if you did that in my game, oh yeah, man, I'd lay down the dark side point hard on you, maybe two, that's pretty premeditated right there, that's, uh, there, there's no good that can come of that.
3: But he said if you, if you saw a shadow, well, right? He said like if it,
4: if it was a refugee, but yeah, I
3: mean... But- Didn't he say if he, if you saw a shadow and it turned out to be a refugee, is that, that might be what he was intending. Mm. So if you saw a shadow and you knew that, so maybe the situation is, and and I'm just trying to get into a young child's head. um, Obviously very intelligent young child, but young child's head uh, that you're in a situation where, you know, you're probably going to get attacked and you're walking around and you see a shadow and you presume that it's a threatening shadow. So you throw your lightsaber at it. Because you're feeling threatened, and it turns out to be just an innocent refugee, do you get a dark side point for that?
4: Mm, that's really going to depend on the circumstances. I, I think there's two ways to look at it. I mean, t- to your point, TG, if if I'm walking around Denny's, like on my way to the bathroom, and I see a shadow, and I just you know reach out and just punch it, yeah, that's probably bad.
3: But you don't but, carry around a lightsaber. Well, and you're okay, not if, trained. If, well, okay, you're not a, on a mission to okay, kill if somebody. I,
4: if I'm, well, that's what I'm saying, though. It, it, it's a different circumstances. If I'm a police officer walking to the bathroom in Denny's. But if I'm in a crowded house where I suspect there's some bad guys, and you know I, I'm worried that I'm going to be attacked and I'm afraid for my life, and I see a shadow and I shoot, I don't know. That's, that's kind of justified. Now, here's where it gets sticky, uh, Flycatcher. It's often been said that the Force doesn't care what your intent was the force only cares what the force cares about there's light side and there's dark side actions and things you do so the question is and what's hard for a gm to decide is if you you know throw out your lightsaber at an attacker that what you thought was an attacker and you look and oh my gosh it's actually a refugee and i i killed him oh no well do you get a dark side point for that Mm. that's a really tough call this is why we have GMs, sir. It's really up to your GM to decide. And you know, if you're a, an aggressive player who's agri- exhibited aggressive behavior throughout the game, I'd probably still give you one. If it was a genuine accident, I'd probably have a hard time with
3: that. See, I yeah. don't think now, even in that situation, I would probably still give a dark side point because you ha- you still have the capability and the means to determine if that person. In the shadows is good or bad?
4: That's very you true. Can you, could, always,
3: you, you can always you can always reach out with the force and try to sense who that person is or oh, no, what it is. And if you're just immediate, a Jedi is never going to just immediately react. Or someone with a who's trained with a lightsaber shouldn't be just immediately reacting without first trying to figure out the situation first. You know. So if you did that, I would give you a dark side point.
4: Well, there you go, Dave. What do you think?
2: Um I'm inclined to go with the dark side point because you have as a Jedi reacted with aggression immediately mm-hmm. without being true. provoked uh or having the opportunity to determine if it's a indeed a threat so you're making an assumption mm. yes.
4: Assumption you have made. Very good question, a uh, fly catcher. I think I believe, I believe his name is Colin. Yes, or uh, Colin. Yep. Colin. Very, very nice question, sir. Very nice. Thank you. Keep yep. sending them in.
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, John Martin or uh, Juan Martin. I don't. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, has uh, he peppered us with questions, and uh, one of which is uh, very near and dear to the noble's heart. So uh, we'll give this one to TG. He uh, wants to know about. Uh, Player and NPC uh, will-focused attacks and also things like intimidate. So uh, how do you handle these for both combat encounters and attempted diplomacy? Does the target of the attack or effect add plus 10 to their will defense if they are hostile? Also, in a talking encounter, are you allowed to try and make an NPC's attitude better toward the PCs once or multiple times?
3: Well, it's a very good question. So the heart of your question, John, centers around the persuasion skill. Love the persuasion skill. Specifically, oh, yes. when it's used for the change attitude action. Now, we've discussed this before, but it's it's been a while, I believe, mm-hmm. and it bears taking another look at. So persuasion is found on page 71 of the Core World Book. If you want to turn to that, and I'll give you a little bit of time. Okay, that's enough time. First of all, <laughs> as noted... A hostile target, someone attacking you, doesn't gain a bonus to will, but you take a minus 10 to your check. The rules are also clear that you may attempt to change the attitude of a given creature only once per encounter. So, even a talking encounter is an encounter. So, a single PC can only attempt one check. This means that at best, you can turn a hostile target to simply unfriendly, which means at least they're not attacking you anymore, though they're ready to. How to make a hostile target indifferent, friendly, or helpful? Well, multiple persuasion checks from different PCs simply.
4: Yeah,
2: Let so me- multiple people have to do that. that yeah. Makes
4: good sense. Yep. Sense. We, we've talked about it before but it's, it bears repeating it, it's a good question it um, tends to come up a lot in games and everyone seems to forget that, that minus that 10 to your check for being hostile so that's, that's kind of a, a big deal um, okay. it's like minus 10 for being hostile minus 5 for being uh, unfriendly and minus 2 for being indifferent so
2: yep, yep. okay so uh, let's uh, hit TJ who sent us one and it's a little bit long but I'm going to play it anyway
0: What is up guys? Uh, This is TJ. I'm calling in because I have been having a discussion with uh, a couple of people I play Saga Edition with and who have kind of gotten to listen to this show. And you guys have covered everything mechanical, up and down, left and right. The list is amazing. Uh, The Holocron, game Holocron idea is amazing. You guys have pretty much, uh, in my opinion, created the definitive set of guidelines for that part of Star Wars Saga Edition.
2: Of course we have. Oh, God. Okay, he goes on.
0: But what we have felt are missing in our more recent games and would like to develop is uh, sort of along the lines of what um, you've talked about with Whitler a couple of times where uh, just developing the part of the game that has nothing whatsoever to do with combat and you know, presenting the possibility to your players that you are not going to even be maybe the uh, most mechanically proficient person in the group, but uh, to develop more of a, uh, a role in the group that has nothing to do with the stats. And we would love it if you guys uh, would maybe talk that up a bit. As always, the show is awesome, and um, hope to uh, hear more awesomeness in the
4: future. Bye. All, forthcoming aw- awesomeness is not guaranteed, uh, but in, um, yeah, indeed, we shall. Okay, we shall do so
3: best. can you r- basically summarize or repeat his question?
4: So he wants us to talk about um, setting up moments like we had in Whitworth's games, where basically you are role playing and having good sessions without any combat, without any, any mechanical. Benefit, you know, having that. You know, it, it sounds like he's got, he's having an issue where it's like you know you've got really good gamers who are into the the combat heavy side of things and they're really good tactical gamers and and uh, things like that, but they have a hard time with the role playing. <laughs>
2: um, uh, we've never. Sounds
3: like it's that. it would be good for a good question to have a whole cast over. I would
4: agree, um, and honestly, I I think I think bo- both times that we've had Sam and Chuck on just to talk about their their games i think those are were almost required listening but um i I, st- I stress this i think it is entirely possible to have good social non-combat games and encounters and things you do in a session um i think you can have an entire session without even drawing a weapon i think that's that's perfectly reasonable and fun um but there does need to be some amount of of the rules behind it, some skill checks at the very least that, that need to be made. I mean, otherwise, what's the what's the point? We just, you know, we can just play make-believe. Um, this oh, is, I have often referred to house. role-playing as mathematically based make-believe. Um, there you go. So I, I think, I think there's, there's something you need to do in that regard, but I don't think you need to be a master of persuasion to do, uh, to do persuasion. I don't think you need to be a spec for ultimate super slicing powers to slice into a computer system and and have fun with it. Now, TG, you and I and Kat got to play in a session yesterday with Brev um, for his his KOTOR game, which we returned to after a a little hiatus, and that was just a a kit kit and a half of fun. And what several things impressed me about that phenomenal session, but one of them was the fact that we had a lot of non-combat encounters. Yeah. And... We we were being forced to use skills that none of us are good at at all. I mean things like deception and persuasion, uh, you know, and not, none of us are trained in any knowledge skills in that group. Um, you know, and, and he was calling for a lot of it, and he he kept his DCs fairly low, but by the same token, it was one of those things that if we didn't succeed, then it kind of may have potentially led to combat. You know what I mean?
3: Right. And well, ultimately, I think he did a really good job of balancing that and pulling out the role playing and people, because frankly, I, I like to play the game. I'm a little uncomfortable with trying to actually really, really get into character. I'll, I'll tell you what my character does, but I can't tell you what my character says, Mm -hmm. you know, and he did a good job of pulling that out by him getting into character and, and, creating different voices and sitting back and having, having a moment where there was actually no rolling whatsoever going on. We just sat there and talked because we were two characters in a cantina and just, hey girl, what's going on? Kind of thing, acting like he was a girlfriend or whatever. And for me, that allowed me to actually get comfortable being in character. So maybe that's something as a GM you can do is you get into character and don't be awkward or feel weird about doing it. Because if you go a hundred percent into playing that NPC and just get in the moment and don't even try to think about rolling, then you're going to start pulling that out of some of your other players and they're going to start to enjoy it and becomes fun. I agree. My
4: and if your, if your group enjoys the combat side of things, here's what I would recommend. Have the social encounters, maybe a roll or two here or there for some of the more outlandish stuff and crazy stuff, but have the outcome of the social encounters succeed or fail directly income inf- uh, directly affect combat encounters later on in the session yeah um, you know in, exactly. in either a posit- in either a positive or negative way yeah uh. And and if you're able to, to accomplish that, I think you'll find that it'll foster the role-playing because, you know, especially if you have these tactical players, it'll reach a point where they know, okay, if I want to have the best situation possible later when we lay down the map in the minis, I need to get into the role-playing now. And that could draw them out. Who knows? But I think this is a good topic for a de- devoted show in the future, and I'm I'm writing that in my big book of show stuff
2: Maybe right now. we could have... You, uh, streamer, 16352, identify yourself. Uh, maybe we could... Um a show on it in a couple of weeks after we have uh, old
4: uh, Rodney on. That's a good, good, good thought, sir. It's Girl. a very good thought, and uh, I, I, I like, I like it.
2: Yep. All right. One last question um, from a Star Wars flycatcher again, and uh, here he is.
0: Oh, this is Star Wars flycatcher. Uh, I'm just here to wonder where would you get miniatures? I'm looking to start up into Star Wars, the role-playing game, and I don't know where to get miniatures.
5: Uh, if you could respond. Thank you. So, I love his voice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so cute. As, as almost, remember GM John that was around for a little while?
4: Yeah, yeah. That That's kid? his kid, isn't it?
2: No. No, no. John was the kid.
4: Oh, so that's GM John, and now he's Star Wars flight. Ah, no,
2: no, no, I, no, 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 no. I mean, that was the kid that was around back then. Remember, we had him on for. Uh, he like sent yeah. a couple of things in, but then we didn't hear from him again. So this oh, yeah. is our, this is our newest young man who's uh, now listening to our podcast. So it's awesome.
4: Cool. Very nice. So very, yeah, very nice. He's our
2: new mascot.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I love it. Send us a bumper fly catcher. That's right. Love to have it. Absolutely love to have it. As the official
3: um, three sixty six. Mascot, right?
2: That's right. See? Yeah, Jedi Hermit has it right. He's in there. Uh, makes you want to have your own kids, eh? <laughs> only, only, if they're hey. into, only if they're into gaming.
4: Well, that, that's up to you, I think. That's At least for the first early years. Yeah, probably. for
2: the early years. That's right. You never know.
4: <laughs> you never know. Well, to answer your, your question, um, flycatcher... Um, There's several places you can get minis. Um, if you have, I mean, now, this is kind of the question now. For those who are unaware of Star Wars miniatures, if you just go buy a pack of minis, for the most part, you're not going to know what you get. It's it's a randomized pack. It's a booster pack, so it's going to be kind of blind luck where you, well, what you get. So if you're looking for a specific character, if you if you need a whole bunch of stormtroopers, um, you're going to be hard pressed to find some. Or maybe you'll get a pack with nothing in them but stormtroopers. You know, you you, you never really know. Um, if it is by far the most cost-effective way to purchase them, if you are going to be getting a whole bunch. If you if you can fork over the cash to buy a whole bunch of packs at once, it, it is a little bit more cost-effective in the long run. Um, but again, they're, they run how about how much are fi- they a piece? They're they're fifteen dollars a piece, so they they can be they can be pretty expensive.
3: How many minis do you get in one of those packages?
4: Uh, I think it's seven or eight. Um,
3: so that's like two two bucks a piece basically
4: yeah Yeah. but i mean but that's but you're you're guaranteed to get some rarer pieces in each thing and those go online for anywhere from you know 15 to 20 dollars pop on their own sometimes so you know sometimes more if they're really 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 rare
3: but for someone who's trying to use them for gaming that really doesn't mean a lot
4: no, no. It, it, it's one of those things, unless you're really into minis, the boosters generally aren't, aren't the best way to go. There's so a few other things I can recommend. Um, now, if you are looking to find the boosters, uh, Flycatcher, and you can't find them, um, any gaming store will have them, but you can also find them at large bookstores like Barnes & Noble um, and uh, and Borders, if, they, if, if those are near you. I know they carry them. You can also get them online. Amazon has great prices for them. Now, if you're looking for individual minis, like I want to buy seven Stormtroopers or I want to buy a guy with a blue lightsaber, <laughs> There's a couple websites I can recommend to you off the top of my head. Um, the first one is friend of the show, Gary Sarley. Uh, he's actually one of the developers for the system. He actually runs his own business where he sells individual minis. And it is Sarley. Uh, that's Um I'm, I'm telling you that, and I want to make sure that is the exact website because I'm coming up uh, with off the top of my head with that. Um, <laughs> um Yes, that is the website. And there you can get all kinds of great minis. You can buy them individually. You can get common minis for sometimes less than a buck, man. And that's that's really a great way to go. Um, Another good site I can recommend for individual mini purchase is NobleKnightGames.com. Also has some great singles that that are out there. Those are two that I've purchased from in the past, and they've always been prompt and very good and easy to work with.
3: Cool. Good stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. So. Cool. So thank uh, you for the
4: questions. Yep. If you
2: guys uh, uh, would like to uh reach us and send in stuff, uh, how can they do that, uh, Mr. Chris?
4: Well, you can of course call us the way that Star Wars Flycatcher did at the 600 two zero six six hundred five eight seven two L U S A LUSA. You can email us GM Chris at D20 Radio dot com, Gm Dave at D twenty radio.com or Tweet Goodness at D twenty radio.com and uh, lastly you can of course get to the most happening place on the entirety of the intertubes no really it is uh, <laughs> www.d20radio.com/forum where yep. you can log on become a member of the gamer nation and uh, get your voice heard you can also post up your questions for 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 everybody yo true that for ever for everybody and i'm actually very excited we we're get, we're getting we're getting closer i mean we currently have 968 registered users that are active on the forums and um, I think we're gonna have to do something special for the thousandth user yeah we might we just we just might we yep. we just might yep so good yep. questions guys thanks keep them coming
2: yep all right so we move on
3: Order. Chancellor, request a motion to suspend the rules.
2: You're not going to suspend the rules. The shut, rules. Up,
4: shut up, Charger. Motion No, We haven't been suspending the rules in a while.
2: Yeah, we haven't, so... Let's get started. All right. Now, so, for those, uh, those unfamiliar oh, with this ahead. particular
4: bit, uh, this is Suspending the Rules, where we take a, a semi regular look into house rules uh, that are either sent to us uh, to modify the system or are posted up in the Suspending the Rules thread on our forums. Yep. So, what, what do we got today?
2: Okay. So, um, let me ask you this. Uh, if we were to have uh, Cyril post a question about, uh, oh, Destiny, would, uh, okay. would, would you uh, be inclined to, uh, to answer or uh, entertain a, a rule-suspending activity here?
4: If Cyril did, absolutely. Okay. His, 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 uh, his thoughts are usually quite brilliant, yes.
2: All right. Well, in that case. All right. He writes this. Under Raw, when using the background system, a character doesn't have a destiny and therefore doesn't have access to destiny points. What about abilities, destiny points? can be used to activate, such as the Unleashed Feet. Can you just not use it? So uh, now let's propose a hypothetical. You're running a campaign that is going to use the background system instead of Destiny, but a player has decided that he really, really likes the idea of Unleashed Abilities and wants to take the Unleashed Feet. However, he has no Destiny, and therefore no Destiny Points to spend on the ability much less the prerequisite needed to take the feat itself. So how would you handle this? Uh, A few ideas. The most common idea I've heard is to hand-wave the restriction and allow them to spend a number, usually three, of force points in order to activate these abilities. Also hand-waving that as the only way to spend more than one force point a turn if a character wants to do this. Alternatively, do you think one destiny point per three levels when a use it or lose it would be a fair house rule in a campaign with a background system.
4: Interesting. Um, well, we've t- um, guys, we've, we've talked about the coolness of the background system um, in in the Rebellion Era Campaign Guide, uh, and the Unleashed abilities and feats uh, in the Force Unleashed Campaign Guide before. And if you recall, uh, the the background system it it replaces the Destiny system. So according to the rules as written, if you the raw, if you if you choose the background, you know you don't don't get Destiny basically. Um, now, unleashed abilities allow the expenditure of destiny points to do really, really crazy, wickedly cool things. So, okay, how to reconcile this. I, I like his house rules, Dave, but NTG, I, I-, I got a few comments to make on him. No, though. I-, I don't know, like, the expenditure of three force points instead to activate an unleashed ability, I think that's totally reasonable. I mean, it's three force points. For, for, I mean, you're only, you're, you don't get a whole heck of a lot. I mean, I know, I know, you know, 6, 8, 10, that sounds like a lot, but man, you you burn through those pretty quick, especially at higher levels when you're using them to enhance force powers and activate talents, um, and stay alive. <laughs> um, so I don't have a problem with that at all. Furthermore, I think if you're gonna do that, you should also open up things like force secrets and other force powers that allow you to spend destiny points to do crazy things with them. I think you should also say, okay, you can spend three force points in one go to do that. Um... As for the one destiny point every few levels, uh, I'm less of a fan of that. Um, so okay, oh, so what? So I can only use my unleashed ability every three levels? Uh, I, I don't like that. I can't see that as an incentive to take the feat. And I don't think it's fair for a player who expended his feat for that purpose. But there you go. that's just me. Yeah. Do you guys have any other ideas for, for house rules in this system? Any other ways we can you know, maybe reconcile the two?
3: Well, not so much ideas, but more of a kind of a complaint about the three Force points um, for for it. Okay, if you're going to do that, then that's given a little extra power, I think, to uh, the Jedi. So at the same time, you should allow your other players to be able to use three Force points to do the other things that Destiny points can do. Does that well, make no,
4: sense? Non-Jedi can use the Unleashed abilities. They have all kinds of non-Force-related Unleashed abilities. If you, if you take the feat... There's 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 ones that apply to blaster attacks and a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Okay. So, the, I mean, now yeah, I, I, I know, know I know where your line, line, line of logic That's is coming what I'm from. Saying because, though,
3: yeah, yeah because
4: you, you, you've watched me play the Force Unleashed video game ad nauseum. Um, so you're you're familiar with all all the stuff they can do, but I mean, um, there there's a lot of a lot of really really cool stuff that you can do with the with the unleashed abilities. And I mean, I'm I'm kind of I'm, I'm looking through the book right now, uh, the Force Unleashed. Um, and it's starting on page 37 and some of the crazy stuff you can do you know you can like attack five targets within range simultaneously Um, you can you know ignore all DR of an opponent for one round you know stuff like that Um, things that are just extraordinarily heroic superhuman Um, where I could see it being a balancing to your point TG is if we're talking about a prestige class that gives you better than normal force points Um, but then again I think that comes with the territory you've taken a specific prestige class for that
3: um, well, no, what I'm saying, because you can use a destiny point to, you know, make it an automatic critical hit. Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't have destiny points and people want to use unleashed abilities, then they should also be able to use three force points in order to make it an automatic critical hit.
4: Uh, see, I think, yeah. Well, okay, that, that's kind of, I see what see? you're saying. So
3: then if three force points isn't worth an automatic critical hit, then why is three force points worth an unleashed ability?
4: Because I don't think unleashed abilities are as awesome as an automatic critical hit. And because it's a fun character concept. You're spending... Anyone can currently with Destiny spend a Destiny point to get an automatic critical hit. That's fine. To get an unleashed ability, you got to spend two feats. you got to spend a feat just to get unleashed. And then you have to spend a feat to get the actual unleashed ability you want to activate. So it's a pretty hefty character investment. Okay. I don't know That's, that's kind of where I go with it. But to your point... TG, I, I agree. I, I see no problem with using both systems together. I still don't see that as game breaking. I know the roadster said when we asked him about it that they weren't designed to be used together, they weren't tested together. So your mileage may vary, but I see zero problem with using both systems together and allowing full destiny and full background. Why not? Rule really of cool. Um, I don't know. Dave, do you have any other ideas about, you know, potential house rules or modifications to this concept?
2: No, I really don't. I'm I'm not a big uh, I, I'd personally like to go ahead and use them both if we're going to use them together, mm-hmm. you know, just with a, you know, some. I'd have to sit down and really and figure out how uh, I was going to allow it to be done. But, you know, aside from that, I, I don't consider it to be terrible.
4: Mm-mm. Now, the only other suggestion I could possibly make would be the idea that I've had before of allowing, because he, he brings up the, the idea of, you know, of giving this one destiny point and then use it or lose it. Um, not even that, man. Allow one destiny point per level, use it or lose it, so you don't—they don't accumulate. But you can only use the destiny point to activate an unleashed ability.
3: So they They're, can only use their unleashed ability once per level.
4: Right exactly? Which is—it's it, that level of awesome. Most people are only going to spend one destiny because the thing when you when you use a an unleashed ability you, not, under rules as written, you have to spend a destiny point to do so. It's very rare someone's going to do that more than once a level. Um, so. You know, they'd have to be saving them up to do it more than once a level. So, I don't know. I think that's a, a good idea.
2: Yep. So there yeah, you go. yeah, yeah. You know, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much it. So, we're going to stop down, I think, for Alex and Trevor now. Okay. Right. And um, listen to Fragments from the Rim. Uh, They're 35th in an ongoing um, engagement that uh, they'll be here for the rest of the year. And we've recently signed them to a contract extension for 2010. Oh, oh, wow. Yes, they're, uh, they've, uh, their pay has been uh, tripled.
4: Oh, wow, we were generous. I
2: know, I know. Uh, I figured it was the least we could do. <laughs> so, yes, here they are. We'll see you in a few minutes on the other side. Gamer Nation.
6: Welcome, Jedi Masters, to Fragments from the Rim. How may we be of service to you today?
1: Hi, this is Alex. And Trevor. This is segment number 35 of Fragments from the Rim. For this segment, I've chosen to talk about the Trick Step talent, once again from the Recklessness Talent Tree. You'll find it on page 26 of the Rebel Era Campaign Guide. It says, As a swift action, make an initiative check opposed by the initiative check of an enemy within your line of sight. If your check result equals or exceeds the target's check, the target is considered flat-footed against the next attack you make before the end of your turn. If the target's check result is higher, you're considered flat-footed against the next attack made by the target before the start of your next turn. This is really nice. First of all, it's only a swift action, which still allows you to have your move and standard actions. And then you can combine all those wonderful things that take effect when someone is flat-footed, like those excellent talents uh, like Sneak Attack, or some of the other ones that push someone down a condition track, And it only takes a swift action. Of course, though, you do have to have a decent initiative check, perhaps even at least trained, if not skill-focused. Over to you, Trevor.
6: Today, I'm going to discuss the synchronized fire talent from the Gunner talent tree in the Starships of the Galaxy Guide. Once per encounter, you may ready to fire a single weapon at the same target as an ally, and you coordinate with a single weapon of your ally. If both attacks hit, you add the damage of the two weapons together before applying the target's SR or DR, and treat it as a single attack for the purposes of exceeding the target's damage threshold. This is an awesome talent, especially considering that there's no requirement that this is Starship-based only. So this means that if you're in a firefight on the ground, and you are shooting uh... your blaster pistol blaster rifle you can use this talent at that point so imagine somebody who's a uh... gunslinger or a bounty hunter and they have those talents that allow them to take people one or two or three steps down the condition track but they've come up against a foe who has a really good damage threshold using this talent they can have their heavy in the party uh... work with them in concert the two attacks, assuming they have both hit together, go against that damage threshold, and now all of your other feats and talents that now take them instead of one step down the condition track, two, three, or four steps down the condition track can actually work. It's a really nice feat, and, it, and, and even if you don't use it for um, those extra feats and talents of the gunslinger or bounty hunter, it still is a really nice feat, especially considering it's not limited to starship combat. Anyways, if you have any questions or comments, please uh, send Alex or I an email at order sixty six underscore fragments at rogers dot com. And until next time, have fun gaming. Thank you, masters, for visiting Fragments from the Rim.
4: Very nice. Thank you, Alex and Trev. Always love Fragments from the Rim. They do a a good job. Yes. And And uh, the thing about TJ is, listening to them, I always like. To, I always end up planning my next NPCs. You guys will face.
3: Oh. I don't don't like them then. They need to stop singing and stuff.
4: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. it. Well, we're going to move guys now into. Oh. I love it when the music comes out of nowhere. (laughs) I've missed the music. I'm very happy to have the music. Well, we are moving into... Thank you, Dave. We're moving into the meat of this uh, this week's episode, um, which I want to call There's No I in Star Wars Saga Edition. Uh, but
3: there's, But there's two in it. Uh, Edition? Yeah, well, yeah. Why do you have to add the... Just say Star Wars Saga. There's no I in Star Wars Saga. How about
4: there's just no I in Star Wars? How about there's no I and Shut the hell up! Uh yeah. Anyway, uh, the
3: hell. Yeah, there isn't an eye, and shut the hell up.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, Gamer- so I
3: don't have to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We've been talking prestige classes pretty hardcore recently, and uh, before our, our holiday break, because you guys aren't going to see us next week, um, we we thought it was prudent to return to some fluffy goodness and and delve into a, a heartfelt discussion. Um, that is currently being hashed out on our own forums, uh, where longtime member of the Gamer Nation and representing us in Berlin, uh, TDR Starfish, Ooh. writes the following. And uh, TJ, why don't you lay on, lay us on uh, uh, TDR Starfish's uh, heartfelt request?
3: Certainly, it says, "Hello, Tweelight goodness, ladies first. Thank uh-huh. you, TDR Starfish, GM Chris and GM Dave. Hello, Gamer Nation." I have some issues with the gaming style of my current Saga group. One of the biggest issues is in fact that they pretty often do not act as a team in combat encounters. I always try to encourage my players to do so by including different kinds of map features via the list. For example, in our last combat encounter, which took place in a warehouse on Narshadal, there was a mechanical grip arm which could have been used by the group's techie to throw some of the enemies out of their cover directly in front of the group's melee monster, a large character who couldn't reach the enemies because of space issues. However, neither the techie player nor the melee player were willing to cooperate, and no, it has nothing to do with their characters' backgrounds or something like that. Instead, they just try to kill as many as opponents as possible by themselves. This resulted in frustration and dissatisfaction at the end of our session, in which my best friend, the melee player, left our saga group. Ouch. This had other reasons as well, but the one mentioned above was one of them. I feel that I am somehow unable to increase my players' morale to make them work better as a team in the future. How am I supposed to encourage them, if not through combat, team-up actions like in this last session? Any hints or tips from your side? I appreciate any helpful advice, since I think this is very important. And I think it is very important.
4: I agree. It is, very, it is very important, Starfish. Thank you for sharing. Um, rather, rather heartfelt. Um, well, it, it is very important. Um, team cohesion is, is essential to most any role-playing game. And uh, a party or, or players that are not willing to work together will quickly end any game that you might be playing. Is it your responsibility as a GM to ensure that your players work well together? Dude. Look, sometimes Dude. that can be an impossible task. Dude. 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 So, <laughs> that, can, that can be almost impossible sometimes. And it's not on you as a GM to make sure that happens. But there are things a GM can control that can help foster party and player cohesion and we're going to delve into some of them. Cool. So let's get to it. Let's start with, I think we need to preface our discussion with this, which is kind of the bigger problem. There's some things as a GM you really can't control, and that's where we're going to kind of start just to get it out of the way. And that, that bigger problem is the players. Um, note, I didn't say characters. I said players.
3: Don't hate the play, hate the game. In this case, hey. you hate the player, not the...
4: I'm player hating. Thank you, Nelly.
3: Thank hey. you, hey.
4: Look, Starfish, your situation sucks, man. It you sucks suck. hard. You suck for being a No, he, he I don't think he's. No, he's doing everything he can. He's doing a very good job. His situation sucks, but it sounds like it's not the fault of the game. It's not the fault of your GM or any party cohesion for a player to leave the group. I think there's something deeper going on. There is yeah. a conflict with others in the group. Even if this guy is your best friend, that may not make him a good gamer to game with. So let's talk about some of the good, some of the gamers that, you know, we might eventually invite to our group that really aren't that good to game with. Um, Dave, I know you've met some of this first archetype of of what I constantly refer to this type of gamer as Um, Captain Competition.
2: I call him in the, since I am Hispanic, I call him Tito Testosterones.
4: Yes, (laughs) Tito Testosterones. I mean t- tell us about captain competition. What do you, what are your normal uh you know h- how can you identify captain competition?
2: Well, okay. So for some people you would these people would be great people. Friends, coworkers, family, people that you love. They're just people you can't play with because they have a tendency to become well, the devil incarnate when they're playing a game, quite honestly. <laughs>
4: But 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 Dave, RPGs aren't competitive? How how, how can how can how how, can, how does that happen?
2: Uh it, it no no no. Here here's the thing. Because I have a uh I have a uh, more than a little bit of of this in me, so I know. Everything is a competition. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Everything is a competition. Okay? And so they don't understand we don't understand that. We understand that it's, you know, sometimes, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I do this in RPGs, but I do it in any other win-loss situation just about. Bad dice rolls start tantrums, dice start flying, making dents in walls. I mean, these are the people that have a, have a bad experience, and this is why the D20, people that sell D20s are, are in high demand, because these are the people that will take a hammer to their D20 because <laughs> things are going badly. Yeah. From, right. from
4: a psychological perspective, I mean, this is the person who externalizes as opposed to internalizes. You know, when it's not going well, they're going to get pissy and.
3: At everything per, else.
4: At, at everything and everyone else. And, These uh, people
3: tend to be somewhat successful. I mean, because they're competitive.
4: Right.
0: So they're right.
3: always challenging themselves to try to be better. But when they can't control the situation to make themselves better, then they lose it.
4: Yep. Yep. This is why oh, this is at, why this is why the uh the, the ninka poop who works at the subway usually makes like one of the best gamers.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> because they're <laughs> passive and all that. Yeah. Look at look at GM Brev there trying to preach it on. Amen. He's just see, he's trying to make nice because I edited one of his posts.
4: Ooh
2: last week mm. in the forums.
4: Ooh, did Brev get snarky?
2: No, he didn't get snarky. He just uh, he just he threw out a bad word.
4: Oh, Oh. bad words are bad. Bad words are bad. Well, so there is captain competition, and that is one syndrome you're going to find with gamers that you bring into your group, even longtime friends you have. But there's another uh, situation which is also important to note. TG, why don't you tell us about that?
3: Well, being a girl, I think it's appropriate. My friend is not your friend. And it's a very common issue when we see we've seen this a, this a lot. Difference. Yes, you aren't friends with everybody at the table, and uh, they may like you but don't like each other. So <laughs> this drama will often play out on the table. So they're there for you if you're the GM, um, or maybe you're just one of the players trying to get a group together to play, and they don't really know or care to play with each other or like each other. Yeah. It's just not a good situation. No.
4: And, <laughs> and we've seen it. And it, it, it always, it, like you say, TG, it always results in playing itself out on the table. It's one of those things that, you know, their little pissy argument personally will always take it out on each other's characters. And, yeah. you know, regardless of how, and what's sad is that they're both disrespecting you in their attempt to disrespect each other. And But
3: they don't see it that way. They, they think that they're I doing a do. favor by playing.
4: And of course. And they never, ever do. So, one of the tough things is if you especially for gamers, if you don't have a lot of friends who game and you all, you kind of have a set group. I know I was in this pattern for a little while until I started broadening into public gaming and meeting people. Um, you get stuck <laughs> with your group. You do. You get stuck with your group. It's like, "Hey, we want to play." Okay, let's play. And you end up getting played. You know, you invite the people you know that like to game and if a couple of them hate each other, you're screwed. Mhm. Uh, yeah.
3: Now, perfect the other example with me. <laughs> <laughs> there was someone that in our in our old gaming group I did not care to game with. Nice person, we're still we're, we're friends, but we still didn't like each other enough to really game together. But we did because we were friends with everybody else, and we always wound up getting into tiffs with each other every time, every single session, every game we got in a tiff with each other or yeah. something.
4: Now and as a GM, I and it was really hard for me because TG and I were you know knocking boots. So <laughs> it, we, it was it was very it was very hard for me at the time to to recognize that. But once I did, it was it was even harder to man up and be like, okay, dude, um, we're gonna we're gonna play. You know, why don't you just sit this one out? You know, fine, I don't wanna play anyway. Okay, then you don't want to play. Or you know, TG, you know, we're gonna play. You you just want to sit this one out? And you were you know, yeah, okay, I'll sit it out. Is is so and so playing? Yeah, so and so's playing. Yeah, I'll sit it out. Don't worry about it. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah.
3: It's what it wound up came in, coming down to. I was like, I just won't play because it just causes too much problems with everybody else, and nobody winds up enjoying it.
4: No, nobody. So up it was
3: better for one of us to just not play.
4: Now the other the other symptom though of that static group, the people that you always play with, is um is what I like to call the the a hole factor. Um.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? Uh-huh. Here, 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 here. here. The
6: BBC would like oh, I messed the BBC it up. Is not considered suitable for family. The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing.
4: Very, very nice, flycatcher. Stop listening. Uh, we're going to call this. <laughs> we're we're going to call this the asshole factor. Um, basically, okay, listen, some of your friends, your good friends, can simply be douchebags, and I'm sorry, all right? The same guy that you go cruising with for, for tail at the bar, uh, or, or, or or the game store, <laughs> for, most, for, for most of us, or, or the Comic-Con, um, you know, or who is your best tailgate buddy, he can simply, he can be fun in those venues, and a great guy to hang with that with, and he can be a dick, okay? Do you want to game with this guy? The point is that, that friends in some circles may not do so well in other circles. And recognizing this, or failing to recognize it, um, has ended game groups. It has ended working relationships. For Pete's sake, it's ended marriages. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know uh, how to teach you that skill. So I guess to sum up that little preamble there, which is very important, as a GM, I think I think you guys would agree. One of your hardest tasks is to recognize such players and such such situations before the game starts, or early enough to remove the player from the game. We we have a good friend who moved recently and had um, a game he started where he moved to because he missed playing so much, and he had that happen to him. He had to have a player he just kind of had to nix from the group after a couple sessions because the guy was was a turd. Um, you know, nice guy, but he was acting like a turd when he played. So there you go. It's what you do. Um, how's the best way to do this?
3: <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> uh, get back to me on that, Gamer Nation. Tell me, because I'd like to know too. We could um, do
2: an entire week, month of shows
3: on, how to on just how to do that. But this, is not, this
4: isn't gaming advice at this point. This is interpersonal relations and psychology. Right, that's
2: and, what yeah. I'm saying. It's going to take you a semester to do this.
3: And the quick, the quick and easy response that I have, and I would prefer if I was one of these three people. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa.
2: All right, all right. We we I know would, we know you're a gun toting Republican, so that's not the re- you're not going to shoot him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you already did the BBC logo. Yes, thing, you did. So I'm going to say that. No, I am not a Republican.
4: <laughs> but you I, are gun toting, honey.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am, very proudly. I like hunting squirrel and deer, okay? Leave me alone. All right. No, the best way to deal with these people. Squirrel. It, 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 yeah, it's good po, po,
4: Post-show, post-show.
3: <laughs> post-show. Um, Is to be honest and upfront with them. That's what I would prefer. I would prefer if I was one of those for you to come up to me and say, you post know what? Show? You're really being a dick. And you're not helping it and nobody's having fun. Either you change your attitude or you don't show up. And that person who is a dick is going to say, well, fine, I just won't show up. And they're going to walk away with an attitude. But they're probably still going to think about it and feel bad about it later, even though they won't act that way to your face. Uh, well,
4: I, you've I, heard I, dis, you I disagree, the I, but I know that resolves nothing. You've just lost a friend, most likely. No, I don't, you I don't think I, you don't think you have to be. Well, it could be said that if he's no longer your friend, then he probably wasn't your friend to begin with. But think listen, about the,
3: think about the couple of guys that we know that are like this.
4: You don't have to. And what do we do? Do we confront them? No, we just stopped inviting them to games. OK, well, and no then lust, they got all no pissy lust. on us. Then and, now, and
3: now they won't and, talk and, to and us.
4: And then it was done. And that's no, because okay. there's
3: one in particular that you have been upfront with, and you're still really good friends with.
4: Yeah. And that's,
3: yeah, that's, and that's just that's that's by being. His, that's his personality with them.
4: type. That's true. Right. That's true. That's his personality type. So he's
3: he's the the asshole factor. There's the the captain competition one we just ignored, and he wasn't happy about that. But I don't think he'd be happy about anything you said to him. So that's why I say just be upfront and honest, as
5: Probably. honest as
3: you can. It's not fair to try to play games Gosh, no, I really. try to play games more than women do sometimes uh, I swear uh, <laughs> doing a catch
4: I was, the, the, the point is I, I, th- I think your mileage may vary th- that is a really separate issue I don't, I don't think that's, okay. that's something as a GM you really have a whole lot of control over
3: and that's not uh, what we're really here to talk about right
4: no, it, no. it deserves mentioning. It's not about how to
3: kick people out. It's about no, how no.
4: to. I think it deserves mentioning because it's at the heart of what I think Starfish's issue may be in terms of how to deal with difficult people. But yeah. where I'd like to move on to is actually building some camaraderie at the table. So, okay, with, with that nasty discussion out of the way, let's talk about some concrete tips and tricks that a GM can use at the table during play to build party cohesion, foster dependence, and character reliance. Now, when. Starfish posted up his original request. Our forum community, they did not disappoint. The Gamer Nation came out in droves to provide great advice, and we're going to echo a lot of that, but we're going to add a few other ideas as well. Um, The first of those ideas is rather simple, a common goal. Now, when you're actually playing and you've got the party together and you're structuring a session or an encounter or or an entire session or a campaign – Often, the simple solutions are the easiest for a GM to control. If your encounter is simply to defeat these bad guys, then that's what they're going to do. But if you provide a more in-depth goal that goes beyond that, you can remove that competitive, non-cooperative aspect. What are some common goals, TG, Dave, that that a party can go towards which really don't facilitate themselves well to non-cooperative play?
2: Rescuing a hostage.
4: Boom. Rescuing a hostage. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Get into a fight while you're rescuing? No, I'm rescuing him! No, I'm rescuing him! You know, if you if, if you, you guys are busy killing everyone while, you know, one of the captors puts a bullet in the hostage's head, then, yeah, that, that, that's... Wow, mission failed. <laughs> do we get XP? No. I guarantee you that'll end it real quick. Right? Yeah. T- TG, what are their common goals? Well,
3: um, looking looking good. So, uh, the real goal of the counter is to present a unified front to someone. So, maybe oh, they represent the new public or Jedi order. They try to convince planetary government to support them something along those lines. Diplomatic mission basically.
4: Well, that could get really cool if they end up protecting the government from like an attack or something. Like, you know, if it was a cool combat encounter that came about, but you know the, the 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 session their their mission could fail i mean if like if in the act of stopping that attack on the planet or a government they t- they act like total non cooperative cards yeah, turning
2: on each other or whatever yeah that that you know that, that stops the whole that stops the whole thing
4: so i i i love it cuz i can see that playing out you know you have a scenario where you've got all these players I mean, and T.G., you can totally see this, too. It's like you've got all these, oh, wow, you know, yeah, we're here to have you join the New Republic, huh? And, you know, okay, well, uh, why should we join the New Republic? Oh, my God, a bomb! And then everyone attacks, and, you know, the, the PCs heroically decimate every single person in the entire, you know, invading force with no cooperation and lots of bickering, and when so, all right, are you ready to join the New Republic? No!
3: <laughs> yeah, so it seems like ultimately the key is, to not just present them opportunities to work as a team, to make the story dependent on them working as a team. Mm. So there's consequences if they, they don't. don't work as a team.
4: Damn Skippy. Damn Skippy. I like the idea of protection, very similar to what Dave mentioned about rescuing a hostage, kind of the first one, keeping some, the, the prelude to that, keeping someone from becoming a hostage. Um, you know, protecting an NPC, maybe smuggling them somewhere, shepherding them from harm um, you know, getting them out of a sticky situation alive you know, I mean, I mean, what, what are your players going to do fight over who gets to stand next to the guy it's, it's not, it's not going to work that way you know, we have a common goal and it doesn't matter how many people we kill and as a GM too, if you present it as okay guys, um, we're gonna, you, guys you know you're going to get XP for this, but I'm not going to give you XP for what you kill, I'm going to give you a static XP amount for getting this guy out alive that's it, and then see what happens
2: Huh, so, that's amazing.
4: What about, like, um, I, I know, I'm just throwing this out here. Um, creating a goal that, you know, you don't have to kill anyone at all. Maybe, uh, I don't know, disabling a shield generator on a small forest <laughs> moon. I'm just, I'm, that would be I'm just like gonna, uh,
2: espionage or, yeah. or hurling their wooden shoes called sabots into the machines, hence, <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> what is that from? That is from uh, Star Trek. Remember? Um,
4: oh yes, dude, that was the Wrath of Khan. That's right. That was
2: Wrath of Khan. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Wrath of Khan. It was. Uh, it was it the was uh, th- three. It was from oh, Kirstie Alley. It was not Kirstie Alley. Yeah. It was. The, it was the other. Oh, it was Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: That wasn't three either. Then was it? It was. I think it was five. five. Yeah, five wasn't very good. I don't remember. It was I think it was 5. Yeah, the one with the whales. God, that was lame. I
2: don't remember. It was one where where the Spock had to like mind-meld the shit out of that girl and then she almost
4: died. That's right. That's right.
3: So, are we do we have is this cast about Star Wars or Star Trek? I mute think. her.
4: Mute her. Is that is that is that, <laughs> is that question coming from you of all people? My gosh.
3: Hey, I'm just trying to fulfill my position as the whole here. We're, okay?
4: ta- <laughs> we're talking huh. about
2: sabotage
4: or you Sub- know, sabotage mean. is what we're talking about. So yeah. you know sabotage is a good idea. But ultimately I think the point is and TG, you, you summed it up really nicely. You know, when, when the goal is not about who kills or steals what, it, it's it's hard to fight over that. When when the goal requires you to work together or you will fail, mm-hmm. then 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 there you go. And that you know, it sounds simple, but it can be often hard to put it into practice. Um, you know, and so there's a few ways we can ensure that they do put it into practice; that they they don't just you know want to run around and kill things. Well, so how is
3: that GM, Chris?
4: Well, <laughs> let, let's let, let's move on to the next uh, uh, way to build camaraderie at the table: um, role playing together. Now, this this sounds simple, could be an obvious solution depending on your play group, but for good role players, pulling the big RP card out of your pocket can often be the easiest way to whip into shape a player that does not like to play well with others. Um, The first and most important thing that I uh, that I I, is part of my questions. Three, Dave. You know, what did I have all you guys do before any of my sessions?
2: Um, I don't remember. Make background stories.
4: Make background stories.
2: Yeah. How did how did we um, how did we all meet and all that stuff? We had to actually like collaborate.
4: Yes. Stop collaborate and listen. Ice is back. Mute mute him now. Okay. Brand, brand okay, but, Done. But Yeah, okay. Um.
3: <laughs> Just because he went to your high school.
4: He didn't go to, to my, my high school.
2: He went to my wife's high school. My wife dated him when he was Robbie Van Winkle. Yes. Flower at <laughs> uh, Marcus High School.
4: Yes, he was there for two years. It's craziness. So, yeah, shared backgrounds. Yeah, how'd your characters come together? I mean, seriously. Uh, I, I like to present the questions three, which I've, oh, I've discussed ad nauseum on other podcasts and on the forums. But three questions that you need to have every single one of your players answer, if you want to have any scant amount of role playing out of them, even if they're not role players, it'll at least it, it, it creates a card you can hold up later to call them on. What
2: the first question? Is the, your the favorite f- color. <laughs> <laughs>
3: what what? Is, is your middle name? <laughs> what is the average wing velocity of a sparrow?
4: Swallow.
2: Swallow. swallow, an African swallow or a European swallow? Wait a second, where is it? Is this a, is, is this podcast about Star Wars?
4: <laughs> blue, no red, blue. Um, you know that you know that RPG talk has degenerated into the depths of Carceri when the Monty Python references come out. Oh man! I,
3: you know I am holding the holy hand grenade of Antioch nice. she, at the moment. Actually,
4: lush, holy hand grenade of Antioch. Yes, it's beautiful. Um, but no, the the questions three. There, are questions you should always ask. First and foremost, what does your character unconditionally love? Even the most reviled despot of a Sith Lord has something or someone somewhere they care about. Maybe it's uh, a family member, or a lover, or a planet, or himself, or, hmm? or himself, or hims- well, no, something besides that. Oh, um You know, they, they, they will something they would they would sacrifice to protect. Their Maybe lightsaber. they have a soft spot for cats. Who knows? Um,
3: or or for cats specifically for cats
4: specifically but who doesn't have a soft spot for cat
3: um
4: uh, better yet who doesn't have a soft spot for cat soft spot (laughs) (laughs) that that wasn't funny at all
2: um no that's well that wouldn't be a soft spot now would it
4: oh wow (laughs) you're getting hate mail
3: Wow, we're getting worse.
4: Yes, we are. So that's Great. question one. Question two, what does your character unconditionally hate with a capital H? Even the most virtuous of Jedi has something somewhere they are prejudiced against or dislike severely or would kill on sight. Maybe you're prejudiced against Mandalorians because they killed your parents when you were a kid. Maybe you're prejudiced against Twi'leks or something to that effect. And lastly and most importantly, how wh- what has caused your character to want to devote themselves to blank? the Rebellion, the Empire, the, the, the Republic, the New Republic, the Jedi Order, whatever whatever organization or group that will draw your PCs together. And once you have that information, you can pull that card out and, and you know, like appeal to the actor. You know what I mean? I mean, like, like I don't know. I've had players at the table that are, you know, like to be asshats sometimes. And one of the best things, like guilt-ridden things I can do is like, okay, well, is that what your character would
3: do? Oh, or, man.
4: You know, it's like... Oh. you sit there and
3: go, oh, God, what would my character do? But I want to do this, but would my character... Oh, that's the worst question in the world.
4: It is, and even, <laughs> if, you're not, even if you're not a role player, and you pu- even, even if they are not a role player, and you whip that question out on a seasoned Hackmaster, mm-hmm. they're going to feel guilt, and it's at the very least going to remind them and the rest of the group what exactly we are doing here and what this game is really about. And they may it, still
3: do what they were planning on doing, but may, the, next may. Time, the next time something like that comes up, they'll think about it.
4: Yes. So, so there, there, there is that. So role-playing together, basically. Um, and lastly, now Starfish, you, you started off on the right track, sir. And I think despite your best efforts, you were thwarted by your own players um, structuring an encounter. I actually do think you can honestly build encounters, actual encounters, to help foster good group dynamics. Now, the list, which you mentioned, episode 37, listen to it, uh, does help. Uh, Now, Starfish, it sounds like you certainly followed that axiom. You offered a skillful party member a way to use his abilities to help another party member. But it didn't really turn out good in the end. I don't think that was the result of the encounter. I think it was just a result of your players, kind of that whole first section we discussed. Um, But for most circumstances, I do believe there's a handful of things you really can do uh, to structure an encounter, to promote cooperation. Um, TG, what's the first thing that comes to your
5: mind?
3: Well, using skills. If you've got one player that becomes the star and is the one that does most of the anything, so Uh in this case, the melee monster, and he's the only one who's really able to Make any headway or really, you know, hurt the baddies. Well, then your techie or noble basically get left feeling completely useless. Um, so asking them for skill checks can seriously affect the encounter, yeah. I think providing the the, involved, yeah, yeah,
4: providing the ability for their skills to affect the encounter drastically, right? I mean, that's a that's a big deal. One of my favorite examples was uh, GM Tenney on his one of his, I think his second session he ever ran. Um, he had an instant where we're fighting all these bad guys, and um, we had a character in the group who was a techie. He hadn't done a whole heck of a lot. Well, instantaneously, the room starts filling with poison gas, and we're taking massive, massive, massive damage. We're talking like condition track movement and like. 15 points of damage around or something crazy like that until it was shut off. And the techie had to run over there and do his thing. And everyone was hurting as a result of it. Um, And he did.
3: So making the encounter dependent not on just the one person, but making it dependent on other people. So he did good by providing an opportunity for the techie to help aid the melee monster but, again, the techie is just going to make the melee monster the star by aiding him. But if he puts them in a situation where the techie has to use his skill in order for the encounter to succeed, then that's going to make everybody feel important. Right now, that's maybe they're just battling to be the star and feel important.
4: That's an excellent suggestion. And the other thing, too, I think with, with Starfish's specific situation is that it sounds like he presented this option – and his players just didn't go for it. Now, they may simply not have n- realized that that was something they could go for. So that presents another opportunity for the GM to really not only allow for that, but to also help the the more non-star players. Dave, why don't you, why don't you tell us about uh, the GM giving his player a clue?
2: Ah, indeed. Okay, so, <clears throat> Starfish. To me, it sounds like uh, one of a couple of things have happened. So either your players just couldn't figure it out or they didn't care (laughs) so let's let's okay let's let's set aside complacency for a second say um take the time you know to ask a skillful player for a for a knowledge check as a reaction okay this can be tactics physical science technology you know all of those can be used to have a character recognize what the option is so alternatively mechanics or use computer. It can be used in the same way, you know. Feel feel comfortable spoon feeding the solution to your players. That you know they thought of it, right? And if you well,
4: their character did, <laughs> yeah,
2: their character thought of it. Yes, indeed. Even though you've kind of led them to water, they take the drink, right? That's how it goes.
4: Pretty much, and I, I've done this with you guys a couple times. And well, you guys are a pretty smart play group, but um, I've had other groups too where it's like you know, it's staring them in the face, and they just can't do it. And it's like, okay, uh, well, so and so, why don't you why, why don't you give me a knowledge tactics check as a reaction? Uh, okay. Um, 13. Uh, okay, thirteen. Okay, thirteen. Right, that's close enough. Well, you realize that this panel over here would probably let you do this, and oh. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, wait, what wait, did you is. say, Dave? Spoon-feeding them information? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. You, I think you feel a little more comfortable doing right. that. and when, if they
2: still don't get it, then hit them <laughs> in the head with a tack hammer because they are stupid.
4: <laughs> or a very sharp <laughs> D4. Right. Um, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, caltrops. Beautiful.
4: Caltrops. Gotta love them. My last suggestion for structuring an encounter is, this may sound kind of harsh, but it, I've seen it work. Um, it's called, I call it ganging up. I think it's one of the best ways to get your party members to help each other out is to force them to, um, indirectly. Basically, choosing to have the majority of the bad guys go after a single party member <laughs> um, can put them in quite a pickle uh, and force the rest of the party to save their bacon. And that's something I, I've used to to good effect a couple times. A couple times it's failed. That, you know, that character's dropped and no one's stepped in to save him. Uh, but if you have a party that has good intent and the players have good intent they maybe they don't know each other, there just doesn't seem to be that cohesion that's there yet just like in real life where a few season battles can draw together a group of people you know, I find that dice and imaginatory battles can do pretty much the same thing if you do well you know, oh you saved my character, we're bonded now, and uh, that tends to life th- th- that, that tends to work yes,
2: so. I have a life debt for a guy who moved
4: <laughs> yes you do <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So those are some at the table things you can do guys. Um, I, I hope that that's, that's helped somewhat starfish, but honestly your discussion kind of ended with something I'd really like to come back to if, if you guys don't mind, because it, it was, it is what I really think is the heart of this. It sounds like starfish has really beaten himself up about this. And I, I really don't think you should starfish. I want to talk briefly about ultimately what is the GM's role in all this. So, so great. We, we've given you these, these examples, these hints, tips, tricks. What is your responsibility here? We've given you this advice, but ultimately, dude, you're, you're not a psychologist. You're not a father or a mother. You're not a police officer. You're a guy, possibly in someone's basement, who runs a tabletop game. <laughs> you are a guy who has facilitated his time to have fun with friends. And if, if they're not having fun with each other, then neither are you. I don't know. Guys, what do you, I, mean, I don't think it's your responsibility as a GM to wrangle your group members. What do you guys think?
2: No. I mean, but it is your responsibility to plan mm. for certain eventualities. Yes. And yep. in in some cases, you know, a poor group dynamic is a function of poor planning.
4: In some cases, yes.
2: So if it goes back to um, if it goes back to simply you not knowing your group and the skills that they have or do not have, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's on you. if you If you plan an adventure in such a way that you've allowed, one person to be the superstar well that's on you too Mm. so you know i mean to each their own
4: this is very true this is very true and i think if you've taken the steps to not do that i think if you have prepared properly and the the shit still hits the fan don't carry guilt for that starfish that's there's no need um that's really not your role you know you don't need to carry guilt if your players are acting like asshats which sounds like it was with his specific case. It sounds like he planned well, created a good encounter, worked hard as a GM, and prepped right, and the players just took the opportunity to be assets.
2: Yeah, that's true, too. You can't control you know, player stupidity. You can't fix stupid.
4: You can't fix stupid. But I think, Dave, I think you hit the nail on the head. As a GM, that's your role. Your role is to prep, plan, and present a situation that does not conduce it to that kind of behavior. You can't stop your players from doing it, though. Right. Ult- ultimately, yeah, all you, you can do, like I say, all you can do is lead them to water. Yeah, you can't. Make can't
2: them drink. You can't stop your players from doing something stupid in the first round of an encounter by attacking Jabba or whatever, Mon- <laughs> Mongo the HUD or whatever his name is.
4: This, this is correct. This is correct. Yeah. yeah. TG, what, what what are your what are your final thoughts on this? I mean, you've 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 gained with. I mean, despite your proclaimed noobness, you've you've gamed quite a bit, and you've gamed with a lot of different people because mostly you've been gaming with me, and you know? we've been gaming with a lot of different people together.
3: Yeah, I think. Um, I think both of y'all have it right and ultimately if everything that you've done doesn't work then you just need to be upfront and honest with your players about it and that's the best best thing that you can do. It's not nece- it's not going to necessarily make the situation all of a sudden go away, but it might mean a player has to leave and that will make it that much better for other people if mm. that's what it comes down to, but that Letting that be an option is okay too, and to not beat yourself up about it because that's things That's what happens. That's life.
4: It is life. Yep. And even if even if your entire group dissolves, remember the subtle truth of all RPGs. And you guys say it with me. No gaming is better than bad, and bad
3: gaming. gaming. Yep.
4: Yep. 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 So. Yep. That's kind of where, where it lays. But even then, even if you're not having problem players, I think you can use these tips and these tricks to go beyond that and create a fully cohesive party. People that may be you know, on the fence with each other or just your average gamer. I think if you use some of the advice presented here, you can really solidify a good play group that will learn to cooperate well together and really enjoy that experience. Yep, so there you go. Thank you, guys. That was an excellent, excellent post-starfish. We want more of them, guys. Get to the forum, d20radio.com forums. Email us, gmdave at d20radio.com, gmchris at d20radio.com, tweet at goodness at d20radio.com. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Post it up, email us, prestige classes, gaming concepts, rules, mechanics, anything we want to know. You guys have not disappointed us so far, so keep it coming. Ba-ba-boo. Here's my stern. Well, that about wraps it up, yeah. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's all good stuff. It's it's good stuff. Thank you all for listening. Um, and uh, we are not going to be we're not going to be here next week, are we? No. No.
2: No. Um, we will be. I actually will be with my familia, familia. Uh, we'll be in Florida for the Disney Junior Soccer Showcase because my daughter's team is just that good and they got invited to this international tournament. What? Aww. Heck yeah. Very nice. So we will be Very- at the wide world of sports, uh, the ESPN wide world of sports down in Orlando somewhere. Very nice. Yes, our first game is against a bunch of uh, little girls from Scotland.
4: Yeah. Scotland. Yes. Very nice. It's going to be good stuff. We're probably going to be with family as well. Although we may be back by Sunday night, but even then we'll probably be too doped up and on 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 tryptophan to, <laughs> to fan.
2: Yeah, there you go.
4: <laughs> to uh, do anything coherent, anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll be back the following weekend, no doubt. So <laughs> keep your eyes on the forums, Gamer Nation. Also, keep your eye on my Twitter account if you guys want to follow us at Twitter. Uh, you could follow me at GM Chris. Um, and what, what's your? Is it at GM Dave? Dave? I am at GM Dave. There you go. There you go. And TG do you have a Twitter
3: account? I do. I rarely get on and check it, but I do have a Twitter account. It's Goodness at at Goodness. I think.
4: Very very nice.
2: Well, how beautiful is that? (laughs) Thank
3: you all for tuning in again.
4: Oh, did you see what she did there?
2: No. What did she do?
4: I did. It was very nice. All right, cool. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Uh, This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good gaming.
2: And keep them dice rolling.
3: And so they'll be full of the force.
2: Wait. What? Oh.
3: Keep them rolling so they'll be full of the force. Oh, I thought, I, I
4: thought she, I, it was I thought it was and, and make make sure they're full of the force. I thought right. they
2: may be and maybe may, and, and may, may, they, may be, they
4: may they be full of the force. That's, yeah. yeah that's
3: are you really going to give me shit about it? I change it up just slightly. Is that okay with y'all? What? Do I need to pass this by y'all beforehand?
2: No. If I decide
3: to change. Well, I thought it sounded I mean, I mean, cool. You are kind of screw I mean, You're just you're screwing,
2: you're screwing with the mojo of the show. I mean, but yeah. that's, I mean that's okay. I mean, it's well, cool.
3: Fine, then I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving.
2: Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Oh my gosh. alright let's 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 hold on.
3: D
0: twenty radio, where gamers roll
2: The BBC would like to announce that the next scene is not considered suitable for family viewing.
0: Post-show?
2: So, it's post-show time, and we had so many things to talk about post-show.
4: But, but we're in the middle—we're in the middle of a discussion about TG's sign-off here.
2: Yeah, we are. You know, and th- this—this is—this strikes at the very heart of the issue of the integrity of the show.
3: Integrity of the show, Dave. Really? Okay, dude. Really even,
4: I'm, even I'm laughing because you use the words "integrity" and "show" in the same sentence.
2: <laughs>
3: Coming from you. Of all people. Of all. I'm well, what, just oh, saying.
2: Yeah, I'm just saying. Just saying.
4: See? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
3: Dave, it's yes. my job as the whole to question the integrity of the show. Okay. Is it not?
2: Uh, Sure. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Okay. Well, there. Yeah,
2: you're playing the role. TG,
4: I think you should be able to say whatever you want to say, baby. Yeah, you can.
3: Thank you. I firmly
2: agree with that. <laughs> Besides, that is, it's in the rules. I mean, it's in the rule book that uh, the woman has a prerogative of changing her mind. That's in the rules.
3: It's true.
2: Yeah. Very true. That's just the way it, it is. That's just the way
4: it is. It is very true. Yeah.
3: And so I don't I mean. have to ask for permission to change my mind either. Right,
2: right, right. So, you know, we should, we uh, should, you know, we should. Um <laughs>
4: We, 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 pro- we, pro- we probably should. And we're, you know, um, I, I don't know. TG? Uh-oh.
2: Do it, uh. do it. What? Oh, no. Don't tell me this is not coming out publicly on the air.
4: Yeah. Why not?
3: Ah, oh, Man. Why not?
4: So, so, yeah, TG's a little frazzled. And I think what Dave almost said is not that women have the right to change their mind. It's that pregnant women have the right to change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> so...
3: Damn right. Yeah. Damn TG and right. I,
4: uh, I'm, I'm proud to announce that TG and I are expecting a bundle of joy.
3: Woo-hoo! TG, you and, kidding. you and I?
4: Well, it's you make smart.
3: a lot of assumptions there. Mm. Well, hey, I'm,
4: you know, yeah. hmm. you, you know, you know what? You know what? Hmm. i We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I fully expect the kid to be born with D20s in its mouth.
2: Yeah. I mean, whether it's yours or mine, I mean, <laughs> It'll you choke know.
3: and die.
2: You know, I mean. You want yeah, your I,
3: child to die when it's born.
2: Well, I mean, you don't know for sure that it's Chris's. It could be Brev's or mine even.
4: It could be TK's. It could be Commander Cody's. <laughs> it could be Admiral Thrawn's. He gets around. Yeah. No,
2: seriously. Uh, Admiral
3: Thrawn's not very attractive, and I tried once, and no, he's kind of... Mm-mm.
4: No, it I could haven't. be. It, it could be. It could be a virgins. No, in, I, in the force,
2: Keldrona. I'm pretty sure it's not cats.
4: <laughs> no, seriously. <it's... laughs> Detana's D- in the chat room. He's like, "Kid's gonna pop out rolling d20." <laughs> <laughs> it's pow room, roll it out there. Ha! yeah, <laughs> crit. <laughs> 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 it's his first words. Critical hit.
2: <laughs> well, you know what, Chris? <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken tomorrow or Tuesday, you'll find out if your little spermy sperm scored a critical hit.
4: Yeah. We'll because there true. is
2: there is some there is some indication that there may be two in there. Is
4: that not uh, right? We'll see. First first sonogram's coming up.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, it'll tell us if there's one or two, but it won't tell us if it was his spermy sperm, per se. <laughs>
2: You're still up with that bit, huh? Uh, nice.
4: There, yes. <laughs> Yes. she loves to tease me every single day.
3: Well, it was conceived while you were gone in Atlanta. No, Baltimore. Where were you? Bal- Atlanta. Uh, yeah, he was in hot Atlanta.
4: <laughs> oh, really? Really? Okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. that, that's that's. It. Twins would be really weird, though. I'd have to name them Jason and Jana, just for the hell of it. Nice. Like, but they're two girls. Yeah, so what? They're two boys. Oh, no. so, you know, so what? Yeah. Um, no, Jason. Nope. So, nope. Okay. So, so, so TG's obviously been, you know, we, we've we been prepping and stuff like that. And, and I, I was thinking about it the other day and, and it occurred to me like it's, it's all been for, for us for a while. It's just been like baby, 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 baby. I wanted to do something nice for TG. So I went to the store and I got her uh, a DVD just for her, not for the baby, obviously, because it really can't watch things for many more months. Um, <laughs> So I got her a DVD, and I got her a CD. I wanted to get her some music, and she fell in love with that song that Dave... Not 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 that one! Oh,
2: not that one?
3: Not that one. I fell in love with the Firefly song from Owl City. So he got me the Owl City CD, and I'm like, great. That is like number nine on this CD. Yeah,
4: and and you know what? It's like like we said, with this particular song, Dave played it in its entirety before earlier on the show. It's poppy crap, and I hate it, but I can't stop singing it when it comes on the radio. It just gives me little feel goodies, you know. It's just and
3: I like the words, the message. It's really kind of sweet. It's, it's, it's
4: very, it's very optimistic, and know? it's I very like, oh, different.
3: Okay. Yeah.
4: So, yeah. The
3: walls,
2: there you go. That's the one.
4: So yeah, that, that's the one. So I, I get her the album, and TG, tell us about the album.
3: Okay, so the first song comes on, and I'm like, huh. This has got the exact same bed as the Firefly song. Huh, his voice is modulated. And he's still singing out of tune, the same way he does on Fireflies. And what the hell is he saying? And we get to it and listen to every single one of the songs. I swear, it sounds like a freaking nine-year-old tried to write a poem, and the words don't even rhyme, and then they put it to modulated music. It makes no sense.
4: It's like a guy with a semi-feminine voice and another tuner and a drum kit sort of making music. And all the songs sound the same. Every single song. Now, I'm not faulting anybody for that. I am a Nickelback fan. so <laughs> Right.
3: <laughs> or oh, Red Hot Chili go. Peppers, yeah.
4: right? Sure, sure, sure. Okay, I, mean, I, I get it. So all the songs sound the same. Okay, but...
3: This but none I- of them make any sense. They're retarded. Yeah. I am a mountaineer. This is the words to one of the songs that Dave is actually playing. I am a mountaineer... Uh, no, hello Seattle. I am a mountaineer in the hills and the highlands. I fall asleep in your hospital parking lots and wake up in your mouth. What does that mean? It's not even a metaphor. Clearly, it's clearly
4: it is. It's a complex metaphor for society that oh, you simply fool. don't understand.
3: It, it's just these words that were thrown together that don't even rhyme. I don't get it. It's retarded. I, it was so sweet, honey, that you got me the CD, and I really, really appreciate it. I wish you'd got me John Mayer instead. <laughs>
4: Thanks.
3: Oh, <no.
0: laughs> I, just, I know. I know.
4: It's I like it's it's just you know. I, I'm going to do the podcast like this and talk just like they always are because it doesn't have to rhyme. When and I rhyme, it's syllables, th- not the words. Uh, and it's so you know, every uh, da, da, yeah yeah.
3: I'm a manta ray under the sea. It's so, like so.
4: So you know what, Dave? Like normal man, you open up you you open up a, a, a door of potential happiness and then slam shut with a cold winter wind of heartbreak and sadness in my face, Dave. Thank you. That for-
3: would have been a beautiful song for our City. Looks at
2: me. There you go. That's oh, wow. a real artist All, of, right all there.
4: of Taylor Swift's song, "I'm a young girl that no one notices, or that you don't notice, and I like you." All right, dude. That's, that's, gonna, that's gonna, every, every Taylor Swift I song ever written. <laughs> right there. Cut
2: your ass off because that girl actually sings about real life stuff. Tells stories that every girl in the teenage years can identify with. That's why the girls so successful.
4: So does Anthrax, but they're not. You know. Well, Anthrax <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> every. I mean, seriously. It's like, uh, wow, I can identify this if I'm a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, listen, I like Taylor Swift. She's a wonderful sweetheart. And and I, I even if I hated her guts, after what Kanye West did to her, I will like... I will. I, I like her. I, even, if, even if I did hate her, I would like her now because of what Kanye did to her. Because I think that man is a human piece of trash. But...
2: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I don't
3: about. think she's very attractive. She's, she looks like an alien to me.
4: <laughs> Boy, like Celine Dion alien? Or like no. Laura, Laura Flynn Boyle no, she's alien? she's
3: got like, this long, weird face. It's just weird.
2: I know, I know. She is weird.
4: And don't get me started on Kanye West. I would not cross the street to piss on that man if he was on fire.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I probably wouldn't either. In fact... I might find um, something combustible to put him out with.
3: <laughs> so speaking of people... No, I, w- wouldn't... I wouldn't
4: take the effort to even do that.
3: So speaking of people you wouldn't put out if they were on fire, isn't there somebody, Dave, that you wanted to rant about you <sighs> wouldn't put out <laughs> <laughs> if they were on fire?
2: Uh, speaking of that... Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's see um, this would be a gentleman that I would call um, that I would call Terry Henry.
4: you would call him that or do other people call him that
2: uh, every, a lot of people call him that oh by the way, before we get into Terry Henry and all the things I hate about French France uh, there's somebody on the line who wants to say uh, hello and congratulations to you.
4: Hey there, you you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Hey. This hey. is uh
0: Christopher West. I just want to say congratulations, uh GM Chris and Twee Like Goodness. That is some awesome news. Oh, thank you. Sir. Thank sir.
4: Of course. Cool. Thank you Thanks, much. Dave, for patching me through. Just uh, had to say that. No worries, dude. Well, Chris, you. that's much appreciated. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Okay. Good luck with everything.
3: Thank we'll you. name our first child West. <laughs>
2: sounds wow. good to me. Wow. Sounds, <laughs> how awesome is that. See? Look at that. A little cameo appearance by our friend Christopher West. Map maker, map maker, make me a map. Glad
4: to be here. Thanks, Dave.
2: Alright, no problem, dude. Thank you. See ya. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that was pretty cool. Yes. Okay. You so. know
3: one of my favorite, and this might be totally unrelated, but one of my favorite songs is Maps by Yaya Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just made me think of that. <laughs> maps, Maps, they don't love you like I love you. Well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs>
4: By
2: the way, Chris West is a radio
3: voice.
4: <laughs>
2: Thank you very much for that introduction from the random department.
3: <laughs> it's well, random man or woman. Um,
4: uh,
2: I'm going to have
3: a lot of fun blaming stuff on the pregnancy. Right. It's just because I'm pregnant. That's why.
4: <laughs> okay. What do you mean you're, you you're going to have a lot of fun blaming stuff on
2: the <laughs> <laughs> All right.
4: <clears throat> so, okay. So, Dave, Dave, I, I, I apologize. We... We have not had the Dave quotient of rant this episode, so I need you to lay it on thick, dude. Tell me why you hate this guy. Begin
2: rant now. Okay, so here I am. I love love the beautiful game. Uh, That would be football, soccer. And Ireland is playing against France to see basically who goes to the World Cup. Ireland needs to win to go to the World Cup. A tie... Or loss, they do not go, and France gets to go to the World Cup. Okay, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, in, in extra time, this is after the 90th minute. Um, Ireland is up one to nothing, one nil. A ball comes down through the penalty area, which is that big 18-yard box near the uh, near the goal, and is about to go over the goal line out of bounds and it would have been I think it would have been a goal kick for Ireland. Now, in the in the game of soccer, you can play with your feet, you can play with your head, you can even hit you can even play a ball with your shoulder or your chest or your butt if you so desire. You cannot play with your forearm or your hand.
4: What what is the forearm? How do you define the forearm in ba- professional Basically
2: anything football. from your bicep down Okay.
4: So no elbows.
2: You can use your elbow. No, 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 not elbow. Yeah, your your shoulder you could use, but not your elbow. Okay. So the ball is about to go over the goal line, and, and the referee will probably end the game at that point. And Terry Andre reaches out with his left hand, stops the ball from going over the touch, I mean over the goal line, directs the ball to his foot where he plays it across the goal mouth to a Frenchman sitting there waiting with his gay little foot to pop <laughs> in the goal. Of course, Ouch. seven Irish players raise their hand to indicate to the FIFA referee who's supposed to be like, you Remember, I, I've gone through this before, how referees are grade one through nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a grade eight. I haven't been doing it very long except, you know, when I was in college, I did it for a few years. So I went from a nine to an eight. All right. And in in time, I'll get to move to a seven. These guys are grade ones and twos, meaning they've been doing it at least for 20 years. Yeah. They're the best in the world. There are only about 40 FIFA referees in existence. This guy doesn't blow his whistle. He grants the goal. 1-1, end of game. France gets to go to the World Cup. Ireland goes home, and I'm pissed because Andre is a cheating bastard. Ball-washing, ball-gargling French bastard. I hate the French. I hate everything to do with the French. I hate this guy because he cheated. He he cheated an entire country out of going to the World Cup. But you can't have a World Cup without France because that's your freaking cash cow. FIFA, I hate you. I'm going to turn in my referee badge. Are you? No, but, you know, I mean, that's just, that's the that's the worst, that is the worst of worst. Now, granted, it happened to the right side of the goal, it happened on the right side of the goal, so more than likely there was not an assistant referee on that side of the goal mouth. I'm I'm the only referee I know that runs a right diagonal, which puts guys on the right side instead of the left side of the goal, but... It's it's one of those things where the referee is is at least should have been standing in or close to the penalty area on the right side of the field because his AR is on the left side. He had to have seen it. The moron. I hope he, I hope man that that dude that dude doesn't need to referee a single FIFA game ever again. And he needs to be he needs to be retired.
4: Publicly flogged.
2: I wouldn't go that far. I mean I, I don't I don't wish the guy harm. I just you know
3: maybe fined.
2: May, no, no, not even that. I mean, somebody just needs to give him a prescription or something for lens crafters. <laughs> you know, it's in the referee code that we, as referees, do not call out other referees. But that guy is a freaking moron. Huh. You know, and uh, to to his credit, there have been times like I did not see phys- physically. There was a player in front of me. I did not see. Did y'all see a video of a girl, and I forgot her name, that pulled the ponytail of another yeah. girl. All right. Oh, God,
4: yes. yeah, that was nasty. All
2: right, I had a player between me and another player that actually yanked a ponytail. I could not see it. I did not see it. All I saw was what I, th- what I thought was a jersey getting, getting pulled. I called a foul in the play, and I wondered why the parents were all screaming that the, that the kid needed a yellow card or, or get thrown out of the game and all that. And I restarted the play, and then later the AR the assistant referee came you know after after at halftime the referee the the assistant referee said man i was really surprised you didn't give her a yellow card i was like why well because he pulled a ponytail because she pulled her ponytail i'm like dude if i'm not giving a card you're supposed to go he's supposed to give me a signal when obviously i i didn't see it he's supposed to give me a signal to tell me dude you need to give a card on this play and it happened right in front of his ass, and he didn't tell me. And, you know, I was looking through 17 players because he, it's, it's his side of the field, so I'm supposed to cover the other side. That's it's just the way it goes. Right. In this case, the damn play happened on the referee's side of the field, his quadrant, that he is responsible for. All right? So Henri is a cheating, ball-washing bastard. All right? What used to be a really good player... Is now going to be synonymous with the hand of Gaul. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so I hate France. I hate everything to do with France, and except for Cat, I love you, Cat. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, aside from that, that's it. That, that's my rant. France should not be allowed into the World Cup. They need to have a. They need to play it again. Ireland versus France. France will win, I bet. But you know. I mean, that's just one of those things. They won't do it, though, because there's a chance that France, their big cash cow, won't be allowed in the World Cup because they're not good enough. Well, guess what? Guess what? When the Americans... Guess like, what? When, 20 years ago, when the Americans had made an advancement in yachting, and they came up with a catamaran for the, for the, for the uh, America's Cup, all right, and they used the boat, and they beat New Zealand, the Kiwis protested, Oh, my gosh, the Americans, you know, basically, the Americans cheated. They, they cheated. They should not have been able to use this, this piece, this new marvel of technology. Basically, they're saying, we lost because, and we don't think it's fair, because the Americans used a faster boat. <laughs> huh. Nice. Good try, idiots. Didn't work.
4: Woo, catamarans.
2: Okay. So there you are. All right, I think my rant's my, my over.
4: Very nice. I'm sitting here exploring some of the more awesome apps I've found on my iPhone recently, and several of them are wonderful use to the gaming community. I'd like to recommend a couple free apps, if I may. The first one is called Dice Bag. Uh, just dice, space, bag. It is a free app that is a simple dice rolling program with a D4, a D6, a D8, a D8 percentage, D10, D12, D20, three dice six, and three dice six drop the lowest. Um, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, other good ones I can recommend: um, GM Toolkit, one word, which is a wonderful little dice rolling program mixed with a uh, name generator and a random cargo generator and a, a whole bunch of other uh, really cool stuff. Um, uh, there's another one I found recently, which was simply called Initiative. That's all it's called, and it's like a buck ninety nine, but it's an awesome initiative tracker where you can even take pictures of your players and put them into the initiative tracker. So your phone lets you know, okay, this person's up next and this person's up next. And uh, yeah, very cool. So, like, so anyone yeah. with an iPhone um, or an iPod touch, there's some good gaming resources out there.
2: So like, yeah. So like, yeah. Porkins.
4: Yeah, pretty much. You're awfully quiet there, TG.
2: I scared yeah. her. I'm sorry. I scared you. Probably no. bored I her to. i didn't I didn't mean to you know I'm talking right. it gets me you know
4: soccer you know soccer
3: i would it just made me think of um the cowboys uh Washington game today and what did Washington then, cheat well no, in the second quarter, it was like there was fifteen seconds left in the half, and um we're we're about to sack their quarterback, the cowboys are about to sack their quarterback, and he runs. To get out of bounds and right when he steps on the line to get out of bounds he throws the ball okay and they rule it as being that he didn't throw the ball away in time so it wasn't considered an incomplete pass he was actually sacked even though they didn't tackle him right he so he mm-hmm. ran out of lines with the ball still in his hand so as a result their line of scrimmage was moved back another five yards uh from where he because he ran out five yards past. And uh, so now they had like 15 yards to go in 15 seconds. Well, they thought that the booth, the refs up in the booth, would review it. And so they went to line up. Well, the the play clock was ticking. And, uh, of course, then the Washington was claiming that – they didn't reset the time clock, but they did, and it was a big nasty mess. And they're standing there and standing there waiting for the booth to to indicate that they were going to review, and the booth never said they would. And so the time clock ran out, and they got a penalty for delay of game. So they uh-huh. pushed them back another 10 yards. So then they're like, great. So then they pull their punter out to try to make a field goal, and uh, they line up, and they're about to to kick and about to – snap the ball and the refs blow a whistle and say, okay, the booth is going to review the initial call to see if he threw the ball out um, before he went out of line. And so it was literally six minutes for all of this mess to go down. So they finally, the ref finally comes back after about two minutes and both coaches are arguing with the other refs. He comes out and says, we decline our original call, and he did throw the ball out before his foot crossed the out of bound lines. So um, they got five yards back, but the still the ten-yard or five-yard, whatever it was, delay. It was a five-yard um, penalty for delay of game was still in place.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So they line up again with their punter, who he. This whole time he was still in range. It was never like an issue. Well, the Washington's coach is still arguing and still hooting and hollering. And and so then the refs call a whistle again and say, okay, we're going to review to see if the delay of game should have even been called. Because had we not initially made the call of him stepping out of bounds, then we wouldn't have had a delay of game. So they reviewed that and then they retracted that as well it was 6 whole minutes man pissed me off it's like it was Dude, 6 you minutes can't, of my life you, i'll never you, oh yeah
4: and then you can't
3: go back on that and, and then,
4: then he
0: misses they, the
3: field goal well they have 15 seconds and they're like um, 20 yards from um, the goal line and they don't want to risk their quarterback getting sacked so they decide to go ahead and keep their kicker out there and just kick for a three point field goal they were already 3-0 to zero at this point. So they were like, we'll, we'll get 6-0. to zero. After all of that fuss and getting the guy essentially 10 yards closer so he would have even a better chance of making it, he totally misses it.
2: Now that's totally what I call icing it. the kicker.
3: It was a 35-yard attempt. That, Any that kicker came, in the league could make that, and he yeah. missed it. It was his first miss for the season. That, that entire
4: game was in Im- embarrassing because okay the cowboys nice. are at home we have we have one of the better ranked defenses in the league uh washington's offense is 24th in the league in terms of that's how bad they are and we couldn't we couldn't god did they get almost shut out again no no no, no. well almost well, yeah. in the
3: first half they did this well no is the we, f- we didn't we first... didn't score until the fourth quarter yeah
4: and it was then. It was it was six. It was seven to six. We got one touchdown. They got three field goals on it. two field mm-hmm. goals on us. It was stupid. And their kicker missed two crucial field goals. For for Pete's sakes, I mean, in the first quarter alone, Romo had three. No, two potential picks, which they just couldn't keep on to. And then there was a fumble, which they couldn't keep. Which wasn't they couldn't keep on to either. So it was just it was ridiculous. Yeah. It was, if we had been a playing a better team.
3: A slightly better team that had a slightly better defense, we would have lost
2: badly. Bad. So they won because their to
3: defense would have picked up those those balls and would have run and scored on us. Yeah, we have been dead. But their defense sucks and they well, can't hey, hold. One, hey,
4: one, one successful field goal more, and, and we would have lost.
2: So it yeah. was it was seven to six, huh?
4: Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah.
4: You know, you know, Kat brought up something interesting in Echo Bay. She says this just goes to show that all football games should have their. It should should be refereed by GMS. You just make the yeah. call and it's done. But I started just thinking about that. Well, I started thinking about that for a second. Would you really want that? Because just just think about that. I mean, think of what would happen if you had a GM make a call on the field. All of a sudden, the quarterback would get angry. Like throw the ball down, go over and grab the NFL rule book and proceed to thumb through the pages, and then show him and get angry and point and scream and <laughs> jump <laughs> up and down, you know. Right. And then now that's like,
3: what the coach does.
4: <laughs> well, see, and and then the the other players would get into arguments over like you know like like during like during the coin toss if it landed on edge, you know, was the coin a leaner, you know, and then you might have to reflip <laughs> it, you know, and it's like you know well well you know well, we're using a previous edition of the rules, so you know that touchdown didn't count. And, you know, yeah, or, or better yet, oh, I forgot this rule, that touchdown you made last quarter, that doesn't count, so I'm just going to take that off the scoreboard. And, yeah. yeah, GMs running football, bad idea. Very, very bad idea.
2: <laughs> nice. Well, that's awesome. Yes. Guys, I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> you know, we're here to serve you, Dave.
2: No, I don't think so. No, you is, don't
3: think so? Why not? No,
2: no, no, no. We're all here to serve the gamer nation.
4: Ah, uh, you, see, you see, do you see what he did there? No, no, <sighs> I did. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> and it was great. You got
3: to start questioning if you're the only person who sees things. I see if things, you're I really hear seen things. Too. things.
4: <laughs> I hear things, I see things, and I hear things. <laughs> Oh gosh! Wow! All right, Gamer Nation.
2: Okay. So,
4: yeah. Thank you for letting us rant.
2: Thank you. Yes, indeed, indeed. So, anyway, anything else about since we since we pretty much bagged on France the whole time? Um,
3: well, we we. Bagged I, I, had, I
4: had a good baguette the other day. I'm. Mean, that's about it. <laughs> okay. I had it some was it French France? fries for dinner that oh. were pretty crispy. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, I'm good. sorry for interrupting TG.
3: You're making Prego angry.
2: Prego. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge of Prego. You <laughs> streamer 9898108, identify yourself immediately. <laughs> wait He's asking. Yeah, he
4: sets his head.
6: Waka, 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 waka.
2: Yeah, you know, right. the, the funny thing is that, you know, unregistered, you know, like you streamer, blah, 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 hasn't been able, they haven't been able to communicate with us. In in many 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 moons, so it's entirely possible that Ustream actually rolled back that uh, restriction.
4: They've changed a lot of stuff back, by the way. They I guess they realized their new site stank, and they moved a lot of stuff.
2: It was like it blew like totally, you know. <laughs> so anyway, so you know, uh, where where does it where is it in the rule book that uh, soccer moms have to be so high maintenance?
4: Um. They don't have to be. It's just a trait of the breed.
2: Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. All
4: right. I was just saying that. Fair enough.
2: Very good, Gamer Nation, uh, as usual. It's been two hours, and you know we've really, really had a great time. So um, for mm-hmm. TG and for GM Chris, I will say thank you very much for allowing us to invade your personal space. You guys stay hard. Keep jamming. And we'll see ya.